The Apostle Paul writes this amazing exhortation in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. He says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. And the Apostle Paul really lived that out. We're going to see that in this section of the book of Acts is he is suffering for the gospel's sake. It would be very easy for him to cash in the chips and say, man, this is not worthwhile. Every city that I go to, there's a death threat on my life. There's a point where he gets stoned and left for dead, but he continues to press on. He continues to be immovable. And there in 1 Corinthians 15, the context is the resurrection of Christ, that Christ is risen. He's the first fruits of the resurrection. He's going to come back and we too are going to rise to eternal life. In light of the resurrection, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Hey, your labor is not in vain. I think most of us would say, yeah, that's something I really aspire to. I would desire to be steadfast. I would desire to be immovable, but I find myself discouraged. I find myself weary. And that's why I love that last song that we sang of the great I am, because it's really us coming into the presence of God. It's us spending time with Christ. It's, it's us trusting in his strength, trusting in the gospel. Paul's life is an example of not someone trying to do this on his own strength, but it's him walking with God. It's him and Barnabas trusting in the Lord. It's, it's an amazing chapter. Let's look in verse one. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks believed. They'd just gotten, ran out of Antioch, Poseidon. Remember, there's, there's two Antiochs. The Romans named several cities Antioch. So they go to Iconium, which is modern-day Turkey, Asia Minor. They're, they're traveling through that region. Their custom was to go to the synagogue first to try to reach the, the Jews first. And there's Jews and there's Gentiles that hear the gospel, that are believed and saved. This shows the worthwhileness of continuing. What if Paul and Barnabas would have given up? What if they wouldn't have gone to Iconium, but as they pressed in, there was fruit to come? We don't know the fruit that may be around the corner. We don't know the hearts that God may open up to the gospel. This shows the power of the gospel, that Jews and Greeks believe that all can be saved, no matter your background, if you're a Jew or you're a Gentile. Verse two, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. So there's a move of God, but there's also opposition from the enemy. There's a real enemy. Satan wants to destroy the work of God, wants to kill, steal, steal and destroy. And these unbelieving Jews, they come and stir up the Gentiles and they poison their minds. This word poisoned, it literally means embittered. Caught their minds, their, their souls to be embittered at Paul and Barnabas. And slander and gossip, they're very powerful. These unbelieving Jews are like, hey, you really need to know the truth about Paul and, and Barnabas and get them very angry at Paul and Barnabas. I love the response of Paul and Barnabas in verse three, therefore they stayed there a long time. <laughs> in light of the opposition, they're like, we're going nowhere. We're staying right here. This is exactly where God wants us to be. It's an example of being immovable. 
In 1 Corinthians 16, 9, Paul writes and says, for a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. I don't know that I would describe it that way. God's opened this huge door for me. There's this great opportunity to, to share the gospel, but in the midst of that open door, there are great adversaries. You might be exactly where God wants you to be and getting your can kicked. You may need to remain right where you're at because there is that spiritual opposition that is coming against you. I believe that for some of us today, a few of us today, this is very applicable. This is God's word for you today. You came in today thinking, you know what? I'm ready to be done with this. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a ministry that God's called you to. Maybe it's a family situation. And you're like, I'm just done. I'm not going to invest in this any longer. There, there's too much opposition. It's, it's just too hard. And the opposite may be true. God may want you to remain because there's opposition. Paul says, these guys are trying to kick my can. They're trying to get me out of here. I'm going nowhere. This is exactly where God has called me to be. In light of the opposition, they stayed a long time. What did they do while they stayed? Speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. They didn't allow themselves to be discouraged. They continued to speak boldly in the Lord, bearing witness of his goodness, his grace, the sacrifice of Christ, God confirmed his word through signs and wonders. The miracles were confirmation of the word. Jesus promised this in Mark 16 to go preach the gospel and there will be signs that follow believers. They weren't chasing after signs and wonders. The signs and the wonders were evidence of the gospel, showing people their need for Christ as their savior. Some of you may have that as part of your testimony. God did supernatural things in your life to draw your attention to the cross and what Christ has done for you. In verse four, but the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. Christ is controversial and the community is divided. There's, there's some that are with Christ. There's some that are with the apostles, but there's some that are with these unbelieving Jews. In verse five, and when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lysonia, and to the surrounding region. Lysonia is the region, the, the two particular cities are, are Lystra and Derbe. A map continues to be really helpful in this section if you just Google the first missionary of journey of Paul, you'll see exactly where they go in Asia Minor, modern day uh, Turkey. There comes a point where it's wisdom to go. Just a few verses prior, it was wisdom to stay. There's opposition, I'm not going anywhere. The opposition escalates to death threats and they decide, hey, it's wise for us to go on to the next city, to Derby and Lystra. And there's sometimes where Believers' lives have been threatened and they've been led by the Lord to stay. You know, I read of a pastor in Colombia where there was opposition to, to the gospel and a shooter came into the church and pointed a gun at him and said, stop preaching right now or I'm gonna kill you. He kept preaching. 
He's like, I'm not going to stop. I don't care that you're threatening my life. The shooter shot four shots, missed each shot, should have landed those shots, put his gun down and ran out, understood that God was protecting this, this pastor. There's, there's times where it's like, okay, it's time to move on. It's not wise for us to stay and be killed here in Iconium. But then there's also times where God may lead a person to stay. And that's where we need that wisdom from the Holy Spirit. Verse seven, and they were preaching the gospel there. We know that Paul and Barnabas were men with similar natures to us, the same nature as us. Paul's actually gonna say that here in just, just a moment. They had to be facing discouragement. This is the second city that they have been run out of. I wonder if they were having conversations with each other like maybe we should have abandoned this with John Mark. Maybe John Mark had the right idea to, to head home. What are we doing out here? We don't have record of the gospel being taken to this region of the world yet. This is frontier to your missions. Is this really what God has called us to do? Did we get it right? Remember how they were called? They were ministering to the Lord. Acts 13, verse 1 and 2. And the Holy Spirit spoke and said, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas. Did they go back to that prayer meeting? Go, you know, we know that God called us. We know that the Holy Spirit sent us. Even though our lives are at risk, we're going to go to these next two cities and we're going to proclaim the gospel. We're going to proclaim God's message. Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm sure they worked through some discouragement. In verse 8, And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. We've talked about in the Gospel of Luke and also in Acts how difficult it would be to be crippled at this time. No wheelchairs, not crutches like we know today, not prosthetics. Your life was very limited, oftentimes begging. And this man was crippled from the time that he was born. His feet never worked. And he's listening. And for some reason, as Paul is speaking, he observes this man intently. He sees that God's doing a work in, in this man's life. Dr. Barnhouse, a, a pastor who's gone home to be with the Lord, a, a great scholar, he writes about as he was giving messages, he could see the Holy Spirit doing a work in individuals' lives. And, and there are those moments as a pastor when you're sharing God's word and you can see God's doing a work in a particular person's life. Life change is, is happening. They're, they're glued in, they're, they're listening. And, and Paul sees this crippled man and, and God's doing something in his life and Paul discerns that the Lord wants to heal him, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. <laughs> I love how he leaped before he walked. <laughs> he, he's never leaped. He's never walked. This is a miracle of creation. He, he doesn't have muscles in his feet, in his legs. And God allows all of that to come together in that moment and he's able to go Air Jordan style. And he leaps and he, and he walks and he's, he's praising God. 
I believe that these miracles that we see in the Gospels and the book of Acts, they're a picture of salvation. We're crippled, we're broken, we're dead in our sins, and God causes us to have life where there was death. I'm sure most of us would go, man, it'd be cool to experience a physical miracle like this, and God may grant that in your life, he may not. But if you know Christ as your savior, if you're in Christ, you've experienced a greater miracle than this, and that's the forgiveness of your sins. And that's eternal life and the spirit of God to live inside of you. Because what if you're physically healed, but you don't know Christ as your savior? Yeah, a blessing to be physically healed, but you don't have eternal life. You'd much rather have eternal life. So, so God has done a great work in our lives. Verse 11, now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying in the Lysonian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. They're thinking the gods have come and visited them in the form of Paul and Barnabas because of this miracle. They had a tradition in their culture of Zeus and Hermes coming to visit in the past. No one would welcome them. And finally, an elderly woman opened up her home and she was honored. So this was part of their oral culture. And so they're thinking, man, Zeus and Hermes have come to visit us again. And they call Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes because Hermes was the the chief speaker. Paul was the, the chief speaker. Inside of this partnership between Paul and Barnabas, there was differing gifts. And Paul was the primary teacher and Barnabas was the primary encourager. We're not all the same. We have differing gifts from the Lord. Verse 13, then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in the front of of the city. So they've got a temple dedicated to Zeus. This is a big deal if Zeus has come and visited them brought oxen and garlands to the gates intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. They want to worship Paul and Barnabas. And this is a dangerous point in Paul and Barnabas' ministry. What if for some reason they start to receive the glory that's only due for the Lord? But Paul and Barnabas are not going to stand for this. But when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out and saying, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. They they tear their clothes. When you tear your clothes, you want to get a point across, right? Like if I started, you know, tearing my clothes, you'd be like, take it easy. Take it easy, Pastor Eric. We get the idea. Please, no, right? So they're tearing their clothes saying, look, we are not gods. We do not want you to, to